Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. What is the biggest factor that will lead the Eagles or the Niners to an NFC championship? Will the Bengals be able to beat the Chiefs for a fourth straight time? And what on earth is going on with Sean Payton? I'm Kainani Stevens in for Peter Bukowski. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We've thought the NFC title game would come down to the Eagles and the 49ers for a while now, and it is finally here. Jalen Hurts against the Niners defense, Christian McCaffrey against the Eagles D-line, Kyle Shanahan versus Nick Sirianni. Who will come out on top? Our Locked On 49ers and Locked On Eagles hosts break down the Titanic matchup. It's so funny. You start to talk to yourself in circles too, because I'm thinking, okay, because you got to you got to establish the run, quote unquote. If you're mm-hmm. the 49ers, you got to be able to run the ball to keep yourself in in third and shorts and, and stay in front of the sticks. But then they're expecting the run on first down, so you might need to throw the ball a lot on first downs. But you don't want to throw the ball too much because you don't want to be in second ten situations. So you need to run the ball. So uh, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in charge of coordinating the. Yeah, offense. imagine Shanahan and Shane Steichen and all those guys right now. They have to be going absolutely insane because. The one thing that I look at with Shanahan is he's going to take the coverage rules of Jonathan Gannon and he's going to try and counteract them to use them to his advantage. So this is the ultimate matchup of chess. Who is going to go out there and use their opponent's rules against them to the best of their abilities? And that's when football's at its best because you're going to see the Niners get the best of the Eagles sometimes. You're going to see the Eagles get the best of the Niners. But ultimately, it comes down to who wins those situations the most often because we know these teams are probably going to be similar when it comes to converting third downs and maybe both teams can force a turnover but it's just going to come down to situational football who converts in the red zone who's able to get those third and short situations and continue the drive who wins time of possession football's a very very difficult sport but when you boil it down it's pretty simple do the little things well and you're going to win a football game and I think that's what got both of these teams to rate where they are, have good play in the trenches, have playmakers on the outside, and have a quarterback that puts you in a position to win. We'll see who gets there this Sunday. Croc, you have a prediction for Sunday? Has anything Gino said changed your mind about what your prediction would have been? No, I, you know, I think this is a game, and I felt like it with the Dallas Cowboys game, where it's like, man, this is kind of two teams that, that are really good. And, you know, I favor the 49ers in that matchup. This one, I think, is even more evenly matched. You know, I talked about the Cowboys not being the toughest of teams. Well, Philadelphia, they're definitely tough. They're definitely physical. They're definitely going to bring that. So I hope that it doesn't come down to uh, which quarterback makes more plays because I would tend to lean more t- in favor of Philadelphia Eagles, which Jalen Hurts is going to do. Um, I say, you know what, uh, I'm throwing some out there. Hurts is going to throw a pick, and that's going to give the 49ers a slight edge, and somehow they win. But uh, obviously, this is going to be a really tight game, and we'll be surprised if it goes either way, which is, of course, what you expect when it comes to an NFC Championship game. Absolutely. Gino, what do you think? How's this going to go? I have to agree. I mean, I said it with the Giants game. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. This one for sure is going to be a lot closer than that matchup. This should be a great game, both on offense and defense for both teams. Whoever gets to the Super Bowl deserves it. I don't know who is ready for this this moment, but Jalen Hurts 
has been bred for this moment since he was in high school. He's played high stakes games ever since he was coached by his dad in high school. He goes to Alabama, plays in multiple SEC championships, multiple big time title games, goes to Oklahoma, competes in the playoffs. The the kid just proves me wrong time and time again. And every time I think he's going to prove me wrong, he goes out there and just wins a football game and, Until he proves me wrong, I can't say otherwise. I think it's a three-point game. I think San Fran covers that fan duel minus two-and-a-half point line in favor of the Eagles. Could come down to a last-second field goal where the Eagles make a stop at the end, keep San Fran out of field goal range. 27-24, I'm going with the same scores I had last week. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Chiefs and Bengals meet for a fourth time in just a little over 12 months, and Cincinnati has won the last three meetings. Will this game be different? Before we get into that, the Carolina Panthers have a new head coach. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed after you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. These championship game lines are close. FanDuel has the Chiefs favored by a point and a half over the Bengals. That has flipped multiple times now. The Eagles are the favorites over the Niners. FanDuel has San Francisco laying two and a half. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Carolina Panthers have tabbed Frank Wright to be their new head coach. The Carolina Panthers have a new head coach, and it's not the guy who probably should have got the job. Hi, I'm Julian Council, the host of Locked on Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers announced on Thursday the hiring of former Indianapolis Colts head coach and the first quarterback in Panthers franchise history, Frank Reich, as their new head coach heading into the 2023 season. David Tepper firing Matt Rule back in October, the first coaching fire of the year. And the Panthers now the first team to hire a coach, replacing Rule with Reich and I think it's good to hire Frank Reich, experienced head coach. Matt Rule was not like that. It's the opposite of your ex, that being David Tepper's ex, his ex and Matt Rule. And now bringing in Frank Reich. He's had success as a head coach and a quarterback coach as well. And an OC, which often side of the ball. Clearly, that's what David Tepper was looking for in this search. You saw it early on with a lot of the young, hot offense coordinator names out there. But he landed on an experienced head coach who has coached teams to the playoffs multiple times with Andrew Luck and with Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis but also a coach who I think has a little bit more experience clearly and respect across this league than what Matt Rule had when he was here in Carolina. Now for Frank Reich, the important thing is finding a quarterback. We saw in Indianapolis, things fell apart for him once Andrew Luck decided to retire and it was the annual churning of a new quarterback. Five years, five different week one starters. That needs to change. The Panthers need to be able to stabilize that position, especially if Frank Reich's gonna have the success that he had briefly in Indianapolis. And as far as Steve Wilkes goes, the interim head coach who I think should have gotten a job here in Carolina. We'll see where he goes. Hard to imagine he stays on as an assistant or even a defensive coordinator here under Frank Reich. Possibly could be headed to Atlanta to be a defensive coordinator for the Falcons, but he's going to have opportunities elsewhere. Just yet another example of a minority coach in the NFL doing a hell of a job when no one expected him to. 
being passed over for a job that he's more than capable of. For more on the Carolina Panthers hiring Frank Reich, be sure to check out Locked On Panthers for every listener podcast, free and available everywhere, Monday through Friday. Locked On, your team every day. Talk to you then. Could Aaron Rodgers be headed to the Jets? Well, the Jets are certainly trying to put all the right pieces in place. New York hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. After a two-week search, the Jets tabbed the man who's most recently Denver Broncos head coach to now run their offense. Hackett also was the offensive coordinator for Rodgers in Green Bay from 2019 through 2021. Jets head coach Robert Sala told reporters the hire is, quote, a home run and that the team is committed to acquiring a veteran quarterback. Back. So tell me you're trying to go after Aaron Rodgers without telling me you're trying to go after Aaron Rodgers. LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo were named the captains of the two teams that will take part in the 2023 NBA All-Star Game next month in Salt Lake City. James ties Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who he's also about to pass as the league's all-time scoring leader for most All-Star Game appearances with 19. James has now been a captain each of the six years the NBA has utilized this format of two captains drafting their individual teams. Joining James among the starters selected from the Western Conference are New Orleans Pelicans forward Zion Williamson, Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic, Golden State Warriors guard Seth Curry, and Dallas Mavericks guard Luka Doncic. The other East starters alongside Giannis are Brooklyn Nets forward Kevin Durant, his teammate Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtics forward Jason Tatum, and Cleveland Cavaliers guard Donovan Mitchell. In Thursday night NBA action, the Brooklyn Nets lost to the Detroit Pistons. Yes, you heard me right. This was one of the better games of the season for the Detroit Pistons. Kukil here, host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. The Pistons played nine players in this game, all but Isaiah Livers scored in double figures. This was a complete team effort from top to bottom. Everyone played really well, including Isaiah Livers, even though he didn't score many points. He had a lot of hustle plays, played really good defense. There's an overall great team win by the Pistons. Jane Ivey started off this game scoring the first 12 points in the game. I thought he was going to go off for 40 points. He didn't end up doing that. He only ended up with 16 points. But he had 8 assists and had probably some of the best passes of the season, in my opinion, in this game tonight. Killian Hayes came off the bench in this game, had 16 points. You got 25 points from Sadiq Bey, who went absolutely bonkers in that third quarter. You just got a really good display from just about every person on the roster tonight this is a great win for the pistons against the brooklyn nets in brooklyn what a great game following that blowout against the milwaukee bucks the new york knicks took down the boston celtics in overtime finally 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 it wasn't the new york knicks missing free throws down the stretch it was the boston celtics and jalen brown as the new york knicks escaped beantown with a 120 to 117 overtime upset i'm gavin shell the locked on knicks podcast julius randall had another all-star semantic performance 37 points five threes showing off a killer mid-range game and a couple of just ferocious dunks one on jason tatum's head but I also got to shout out Emmanuel quickly, carrying the Knicks in the second quarter when they needed the bench to buoy the lead. IQ came through in a big way. A couple step back threes, getting to the rim, showing off his float game. The guy is a technician, and he absolutely cut the Celtics to shreds in that second quarter. And on the ice, the Detroit Red Wings pulled out a win in overtime on the road against the Montreal Canadiens. Their second overtime victory in as many games. The Red Wings take down the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal, 
four to three in, well, I said it just a second ago, overtime, Scotty. And this is probably what their most complete game of the season. We've been talking about it all year long, marrying the advanced analytics with the final outcome. And it felt like it finally came together in this one. Yeah, I don't know about the whole season, but it was definitely of recent memory, one of the more complete games. And like you said, they, they outplayed their opponent and they ended up getting the win. We'll take it. You know, we'll, we'll gladly take it. Huso, kind of a roller coaster of a game, but stepped up when he needed to. Uh, the defense still allowed some really brutal, high danger opportunities. You know, same story, different day with them. But uh, the offense looked about as good as it has in, like I said, recent memory. And that's the biggest positive we can take away. Michael Rasmussen stayed hot as he had a goal and an assist and the goal assist on the game winner. And Moritz Sider had three assists in this game. So and we'll the break down. That ever. And the coolest set ever. We'll break down the whole thing on Friday's episode of Lockdown Red Wings. Here is another story you need to know. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs have been here before. The AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. Had they stopped the game at halftime last year, Patrick Mahomes would have been playing in the Super Bowl. But Joe Burrow had other plans. He engineered an amazing comeback to send the Bengals onward. Some have taken to calling Arrowhead Burrowhead because of that comeback. You have to think Mahomes and crew are ready to get a win here, but Mahomes is dealing with that high ankle sprain. So how will that affect the game? Our Locked on Chiefs and Locked on Bengals hosts break down what to expect from Burrow versus Mahomes for. What else is there that, that people aren't maybe thinking about? Because everyone was thinking about the passing offenses and, sure. you know, can, can the Chiefs secondary deal with the Bengals weapons and what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. Can the Bengals again, limit his effectiveness, his efficiency. What else, what else, what's the story that people aren't thinking about from the chiefs perspective? The number one thing is, is strategy. How do you go about this game? Is it business as usual? We've seen the chiefs lose to this team three times in a row by trying to do their normal thing of move the ball early, look for your deep shot, try to limit them enough and just outscore them by a couple of points to get a W, right? That stuff doesn't work. We got to throw that out the window, especially with Patrick's injury. It's got to be tempo and design. You got to get the ball out. It has to be quicker, like you mentioned in the last segment. When you're holding it an extra fourth, four-tenths of a second against this particular team, you're doing something wrong, and that's only accentuated by the injury. So it's got to be the quick hitters, and no offense to anybody, Lou or otherwise, you want to run drop eight, there's still holes in that defense. You have to identify and attack them. They do that with efficiency. They get off the run. You supplement by running the ball a little bit. You're in business. I think that's the thing. It's the mental side. I'm not as worried about the ankle as I am about the understanding how you have to adapt to the ankle. And then obviously being able to see what's in front of you. What did the Bengals choose to do this time? The quick game would be such an interesting answer. If, the, if, if Andy Reid just says, you know what? We're going to hit the back foot. The, the ball's coming out. Because that's what the Bengals offense has done lately. Do yep. it to a significant degree what you've seen the Bengals do, especially the last couple of weeks where they've had injuries on the offensive line, is the ball's coming out lightning fast. And you know that Patrick Mahomes is processing at a level that's comparable, equal, better, whatever it is. It's in the ballpark of Joe Burrow. Part of his superpower is his ability to see the field, is his field vision, is his ability to understand coverages, regardless of what whatever funny stories there were a couple of years ago about him not knowing coverages. Wasn't that a thing? A ridiculous <laughs> thing? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? No, no, you have it right. It, it's shocking, but it's there. Yeah. So the quick game would be a fascinating answer. And then what do you do if you're the Bengals to deal with that? I, I still think it's a drop eight. 
to be honest, you try to get guys into the throwing lanes. You try to make him pull down from that first read, try to figure out where he wants to go with that first read, take that away. But you're right. I mean, when these teams meet, it is it is consistently such a an interesting battle of wits between the coaches. Ryan, I don't remember if you're a prediction guy. I am not a score prediction guy, so we might be wanting for predictions here a little bit. But <laughs> no, I'll give it's, you one. It's been three in a row for the Bengals against the Chiefs. They did it last year in Arrowhead. It was it was a another second half last year before this game in the AFC Championship. You know what I said? I said you're not going to hold Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to three points in the second half twice. And, uh, and then the Bengals went and did that. <laughs> the Bengals have been a great second half defense this year as well with Lou Anarumo getting a lot of credit for adjustments. How do you see this game going? You know, I think it comes back to taking the opportunity that's there. And the one thing that everything we talked about last and certainly this, the other X factor that's in this game is the physical part. And this is why I think those three point halves have come back to back. And normally I would say you're right. There's no way that repeats itself, but. Until you you take it, and, and I really, I may be out on a limb here in terms of coverage for, for Chiefs Kingdom, but I see this as, as, a, as the big brother situation. I don't think the Bengals are a bully. They're just your big brother that likes to knock you around a little bit. Until you go back at them and bring that level of physicality, which the Chiefs have not done in these last three games, you got to run the ball, you got to attack them, you got to put them on the ground. I need five Trey Smiths out there on offense. That's yeah. what I have to have. And if that does happen, then I think they're able to keep it to the point that it is neck and neck like it's been. You control the turnovers. I think you're right there. I won't go out on a limb. I think the last team with the with the ball probably wins it. I will tell you it ends up 31-30 Kansas City. Coming up, where in the world will Sean Payton be working next year and will it be on set at Fox? Sean Payton has been the hottest name on the coaching market in the NFL. Many teams have been linked to him. However, in recent days, his market seems to have cooled. And now there are some rumors that he will be returning to his analyst job with Fox. Ross Jackson with Locked On Saints tries to make sense of it all. The issue isn't that Sean Payton doesn't like the open jobs that are available. The concern is that the open jobs that are available don't want Sean Payton. That is preposterous in my mind, but exactly what we're seeing shaking out. So why would that be the case? Why would teams not want Sean Payton? Well, there's a couple of different things here. You got to give up at least a considerable amount of draft uh, 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 capital. Second, compensation on the monetary side. Sean Payton is likely to command 20 to $25 million as a head coach. The third thing is control. Sean Payton is going to want some top-to-bottom control. This is something that Benjamin Albright, Albright reported when it came to the lack of progression in the Denver Broncos talks, which was expected to move faster than it has so far, which again, isn't to say that it won't move forward at a later time. But as of right now, the expectation was that things were going, looking like they were going to move much faster for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. That has now halted. One of the reasons that Albright sort of reports is control, right? Do you want to give a head coach top-down control over your organization or top-to-bottom control uh, over your organization when it comes to player, when it comes to player personnel decisions, when it comes to roster building, when it comes to some, you know, staff choices, things like that? Like any coach that you hire is going to come in and potentially make some changes to offensive and defensive coordinator. That makes sense. But when you have a coach that comes in and says, I would like to bring this general manager, I would like to bring this executive, I would like to bring this front office member, 
things are a little bit different. And finally, have you ever ordered delivery and your food takes a lot longer to get to you than you think it should? It was on full display in Duquesne's game with Loyola Chicago on Wednesday night as an Uber Eats delivery driver looked lost, walked out onto the court while play was ongoing. The video is all over the internet. It is hilarious. It turns out, unfortunately, though, that the individual was not an Uber Eats driver, but a prankster. Duquesne released a statement on Thursday about the event saying, quote, this was a prank planned in advance, done for internet exposure. We determined that the individual was wearing a mic while someone filmed him as he walked onto the court during active play. While the incident may have seemed funny at the time and no harm was done, we are mindful that incidents like this can put players and officials at risk. I know myself, I've had some orders that were lost before that could have been walked out onto a court. So I'm glad to see that no one is actually missing their food from that game and that order from Uber Eats. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday, who will be playing for a Super Bowl ring? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.